the Seattle Mariner. Racing back to the track. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day you're listening to. This is Halfway Around the Halo, the LA Angels UK podcast. I am your host, Nick Wright, at LA Angels UK on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I'm delighted to be joined for Season 5, Episode 5, with the main man, Big Dave Evans. Dave, how are you doing this glorious four-day Easter weekend? I'm doing good, Nick. If, if it could stop raining for five minutes, I'd be really, really happy. But no, it's been a good week of baseball. No need for the misery. Listen to how excited I was. Listen to the, the voice. We're not doing negativity. You have to go with rain straight away, don't you? No, absolutely. Let's, let's, no, let's get positive. Let's get positive. It's meant to be, actually, it's meant to be quite a nice weekend, I believe. So we've got a bit of sun tomorrow coming. I'm probably going to go along to the cricket, I think. Go along to Lords, Middlesex, Essex, day two for the Eagles. Yep, love it. Yeah. Cut, cut the cheeky beers. Be exactly. We got a bumper show tonight, haven't we? We got Steve, Blue Jays fans UK, and Rob from the Nationals UK coming on to join us to preview those two series coming up. But before that, we're just going to run through the week that was. Angels baseball is back, baby. We're on the road to the playoffs. We're on the road to the World Series. And... Dave, in 27 seconds, give me your thoughts on how you're feeling after the first week's action. Finishing the week four and two, I'm taking that week. You give it to me before, I take that. Obviously, it could have been better. Uh, Opening day, you know, is upsetting in the way that one went down. But overall, mainly positive. You've got another 10 seconds seconds. to go, so I need a bit more from you, please. (laughs) No, overall positive. Um, Yeah. One, one negative for me, but we haven't seen it since. So let's see. Exactly. And actually, before we get going on this, how have you managed to sneak back onto the show tonight? I'm pretty sure your replacement was supposed to be in place. I, I mean, you must have been inundated with CVs after your calls for unfair dismissal last week. I have. Honestly, I haven't had a chance to go through them all. It's taken me too much time. I've got a very, a very strict and vigorous marking process for... Uh, vetting the new host so we'll get there eventually but for now i'm glad you're just filling in until we can find an adequate replacement you're, no, basically, that's fair. you're basically darren sutton <laughs> everyone gets sacked eventually when you come on this show <laughs> yeah you talked about it then so two series in two series wins the one in oakland you mentioned like opening day was a disappointment shohei threw an absolute gem and the bullpen goes and blows it late. But I find it hard to blame the bullpen too much when you've only got a one-run lead and it's the first time they've pitched all year. You've got to give them a bit of a bit of leeway, especially because the bats were just ice cold. So a bit, yeah, of, we had there. bit, of, unlu- bit of unlucky hitting as well. You know, hit the ball hard at moments. Um, yeah, first outing. But as I say, if we learn from that mistake, <laughs> then hopefully we don't repeat it. Um, obviously, we've had other high leverage situations over the course of the week and that hasn't happened again. So in regards to who came out, should we say that late in the game? So I'm not putting it all on Aaron Luke, but we all, we all know that is not the spot that you want to be throwing him out in. 
And he hasn't been thrown since, really, has he? I mean, no, he's not clearly, clearly Nevin has looked at that. And Loop's quotes after the game were really interesting, weren't they? Where he came out and said that he was throwing scared and needs to get better and needs to improve, which is all very well. But why is that guy throwing scared? I mean, there's something deeper involved there. But it's interesting to see that since that moment, the two lefties out the pen have been Matt Moore and Jose Quijada, both who have looked really good, if we're honest. I mean, Quijada always scares me, and he always will. But when you put him in that closing spot, as we saw last night, with a big win against the Mariners, with a one-run lead, that's the sort of spot you need to put him in because you saw his velocity just goes up three ticks when you put him in that sort of role. He was up to 97 on the fastball, that rising fastball above the zone. Almost unhittable when he's on it. Problem is, when you put him in those lower leverage spots, different different pitcher. And Matt Moore, shout out to him, because I think he has looked really good in his couple of appearances for the Halos so far. I was actually really disappointed that Nevin didn't leave him in. He got two outs in the last night. And then Nevin pulls him, puts in Jimmy Hergit, who gives up a couple of hits and a couple of runs and gives back those runs we just got the insurance. So that was a bit disappointing from Nevin's point of view. But overall, I mean, I think it's good to see that Loop, after his poor showing, hasn't been used because we know that when it happened under Madden, Madden threw him straight back out there a few days later against the Phillies and implosion. And that was at the start of that ridiculous losing run. Yeah, I mean, learning from your mistakes. And, you know, it's not a small sample size of one game at opening day. This works back into last season as well. So, you know, I don't mind him getting the opportunity just to see if he's turned the corner. Because if he does, then that's a good thing for us. But clearly he didn't. And, um, yeah, you know, we move on. You know, next man up, next guy up, give it a go. And, you know, probably touched on the Mona's game. But it's uh, it was a close one last night. And, and we, we got through it, albeit just about. But we got through it. And that's all that matters. Yeah, Shohei, we're going to talk about this a bit later, I'm sure. But Shohei last night didn't really have his command, did he? He was a bit shaky. But, yeah, he's just such a a gamer, just such a superstar that he's able to put this team on his back and carry them through six innings of one-run ball, which he had absolutely no right to do. Anybody else would have been knocked out in the third or the fourth there. But Shohei just, he's just the best thing I've ever seen on a baseball field. When when you factor in, you know, a couple of hit-by-pitches as well, (laughs) the walks, you know, and even then, his worst game is still better than some best games. And for the way that he did manage to battle through and give us that length and not be knocked out in the third, fourth inning, you know, it, it did well. And it, it made my train journey home from a 5-1 drubbing against Newcastle a lot more enjoyable watching some of some baseball, I have to admit. But that, was no, an, um, that was an absolute shocker last night, wasn't it? That was terrible. Well, anyway, baseball. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. No, but no, but it's... um. It's two good starts, really. At the end of the day, he got us through. Quality start is all we can ask for, right? Especially when you're with the bat as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing we didn't mention. He went and got himself the winning run. That little poke down the third baseline. He's yep. just, he does it all. And does we, it can't, all. we can't say enough about him. The other superstar in the team, Mike Trout. Let's just touch on him because I feel like we are as guilty on this show of ignoring Mike Trout as he gets ignored generally in media these days, just because you expect such greatness from him. He's performed for so many years and done this for a decade and been the best player in baseball. But I feel like you don't spend enough time just talking about 
how great he actually is. And especially since Shohei came along and he's this, he's unique, he's different, he does this, he does that, and love him with all my heart. But we just don't talk about Mike. So I just want to do a Mike Trout segment. And I might do this every single week because <laughs> that guy has been hitting the cover off the ball to start the year, hasn't he? A nice little 1,200 OPS to start the season. One will take that. I mean, no, I mean, was it? It's a couple of times now that we've had um, Trout and Atani on base at the same time coming in on a home run, right? And how many times are we going to see that over the course of the year? And um, with our, you know, pitching staying as well as it could be, there's going to be runs coming in. We're going to score a lot of runs with those two guys out there. But now Mike Trout is um, just doing Mike Trout things again. Another year of Mike Trout doing Mike Trout things. Who's the next person up to try and take that title off of him? Man's like Taylor Ward. Now that's hey, that I told you last week that that was my uh, that was my pick for the uh, MVP, not named Trout or Atani. He started really well, hasn't he? He started really well. All three at that top of the lineup. There's some question marks further down. Renfro, been really poor so far, really cold, but hopefully he'll turn it around. Drury, a bit hit and miss, uh, although it's been coming around a little bit. Ashella started really well, dropped off, and hopefully we'll pick it up again. Renhifo hasn't really been hitting, although he's been taking a lot of walks, and the plate discipline's been really good, which is impressive to see because I think the hitting's going to come inevitably when he's performing like that. But that I mean, top strikeouts of the order, are down as well, aren't they? Even Hefo strikeouts are down. Oh, massively, are up. It's, massively. Um, it's a really it's, good start, and it's it's a fight really, there in the infield. It's a fight now in the infield. And this is how he played in the minors as well. He played like this in the minors. Um, so it's about time it comes together in the majors. And yeah, the infield's looking crowded. Obviously, we've had no Rendon for four or five days now. Um, David Fletcher is a real worry in the sense that. If we're being realistic, he is not good enough with the bat to be starting at all. And I think Phil Nevin has realised that. He's being utilised in the way he should be utilised as a super utility defensive guy coming into games late, not too many starts a week. And as long as that continues, I'll be happy. But the bat's just not there. The hitting ability is just not there. When you can't get hard contact, it is not a recipe for success, in my view. No, he's certainly, he's certainly um, scuffling along a little bit at the moment. And it's unfortunate. It was uh, sort of the same last year. And obviously, he went on the IL after that and some surgery. And, you know, you sort of utilise that as some of the reasoning for it. But it, it's continuing. Um, defensive late replacement. And, and that's what he's put himself into. It's like the Velasquez sort of role back end of last season as well, you know. So, you know probably what he's good for at the moment and actually to have that as David Fletcher is better than other options that you could have had this time well last season so um you know it's that depth but yeah there's nothing there really with the bat unfortunately at this moment in time and quickly we're doing like a real whistle stop tour of the first three series here because I just know we've got these guests to come and we're going to talk about future baseball but I've got to just say this rotation Shohei Otani elite Patrick Sandoval, elite. Tyler Anderson, elite. Reed Detmers, elite. <laughs> Jose Suarez, garbage. Not I mean, elite. <laughs> four, four out of five ain't bad, is it? No, I, I, we take that. <laughs> Obviously, you take uh, four elite <laughs> pitches straight away. <laughs> but no, um, it, it, even trying to curb the enthusiasm to start with, you know, it's been a really promising mm. start. I know, I'm sorry. But um, no, it's been an encouraging start by, well, four of them. Anyway, yeah. Um, in fairness, obviously, I'm, I'm just uh, joking a little bit, just yeah. messing around. But Reed Detmers did struggle a bit uh, with his command, but he came through it, got the win. 
Yep. And that was the most important thing, I think. And he's only going to get better. I think the cold weather didn't help, if I'm honest. Same as Shohei last night. I don't think the cold was helping with command. But those guys are going to get better. Anderson looks really good in his debut. Sandy, really good. And Suarez, and again, I mean, he was poor, but I don't think he's going to be that bad during the year. He showed last year in that run of starts that he's got a lot of potential and it isn't a bad fifth starter. He is going to be the, probably one of the more inconsistent pieces in there. But that's what he, you expect from a fifth starter. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that he is the fifth starter, that's why I can stomach it a bit more. When, you know, if if it was anything higher, you'd be worried. But yeah, at, at this moment in time, um, we can roll with it. Um, but if it starts getting to the crunch time in this later in the season, uh, if you go from your six man down to a five man or even shorter, if we get to the promised land, is he a part of that? I don't think so. But, um, you know, for, for what we need at the moment. And he's got another opportunity coming up this week against probably a, a not very good team. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have a massive bounce back against the Nationals when he pitches. That's the opportunity to go out there, get his stuff back, get in a bit of rhythm and, and get a W. Just get confidence. We've got to be looking, because you've got to be looking at the minors. There's a few guys that are going to be banging on the door, hopefully, sooner rather than later. Obviously, you've got Griffin Canning, who's starting in high A tonight in a rehab start. Chase Silseth had his first start in AAA and was really, really good. Um, was their opening day start. I think he went five innings and very, very good start from him. Guys like Mason Erler uh, down in AA. There's going to be Kai Bush when he gets back from injury, although sounds a bit questionable at the moment. He's not in the opening day roster. But there's guys that are going to be banging on the door sooner rather than later, I think, coming through the system. So. Next man up, basically. Suarez has got to perform or he'll be moved to the pen. Absolutely. There's, um, there's options there for uh, even if it's a revolving door of a six-star, ride them whilst they're hot and then send them back down the second it looks like it's a little bit awkward and um, get the next guy up again. Give everyone a go if, if that's what's going to be needed. So, yeah, you're right. Jose's going to have to do his thing. Um, you know, Tucker Davidson came in as well. He, he, he did all right. Um, I'm still not massively high on him, um, but... You're only as good as your last performance there. And his last performance, he did what he needed to do. So, you know, and he, we gave, what, four innings, I think, of was top made. So, um, you know, and, and we'll see, because I'm sure he'll get a start soon enough, won't he? Not, maybe not this week, but next week, I think he's probably going to be getting a start. So, um, yeah, but yeah, no, really, it's, really it's good. Not, it's coming up, I think it's the week after next. But... Oh, is it? Yeah. Either way. But, um, yeah, no, good start. You'll take yeah, it, so let's, let's get on to that start. So we've got loads of questions today ahead of the, um, the podcast. So I'm just going to run through them with you. Let's start with our good friend Stevie, SDubs35. Yeah. And I wanted to start with this one because we didn't touch on him during that recap there. But is Logan O'Hoppy going to win the Rookie of the Year? Yes or yes? Um, I love that shout and it's an absolute yes. Yeah. No, I don't think what... anybody, nobody expected him to be this good this quickly, did they? There's going to be some very interesting conversations coming up in the next week or two when Stassi's supposed to come back off that IL. Because am I right that if Stassi comes back and if it's Tice going, he's DFA'd? So, um, you know, he's going to go agree. through waivers. I think they'll I think they'll go with three catches and send down a bullpen arm, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Tice is likely to get picked up somewhere else, let's face That's it. That's what so. I mean. I don't think they're going to want to lose catching depth at this stage of the season. So I'd be very surprised if he got DFA'd. But... You never know. I'm not in the front office. You're not in the front office. Anything could happen. No, exactly. But no, oh, Hoppe, he's like, you hoped that he would do this and he's doing it. And, um, you know, any extra sort of production that you're getting down in the nine hole as well, it's, it's more than welcomed. And um, 
he's, he's holding his own there. He's obviously working with the pitching staff really well. And um, yeah, his, his, his bats are bringing in some nice juicy runs as well. So that's always going to help. Yeah, RBI leader for the Halos. And we've absolutely robbed the Phillies there. And I hope we don't go back and listen to some of those takes when the trade got made because we were disappointed to lose Brandon Marsh, disappointed to lose six years of control of a elite defensive centre fielder. Yeah, but I don't think we were disappointed with what we could be to potentially receiving as no, well. of course not. Other, getting getting way, a franchise so. catcher back is valuable yeah. and it's proving so already. But I do think at the time we probably thought it was quite a risky trade. You know, Marsh yeah. was potential was all there and we've gone and got a guy that could be the Halo's catcher for a decade. Yeah, I mean, certainly defensively as well, considering at the time we were chip-chopping with Adele. <laughs> Wasn't exactly defensively minded, should we say. But, um, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Now we can see it's a good trade. Definitely. Right, let's get going through a few more of these questions. Stevie actually went with three questions. So of course. the guy was keen. Keen as beans on toast. Love it. Biggest surprise and disappointment through the first week. Well, I think I think surprise is a harsh word, but I think oh, Hoppy, for the exact reasons that we just touched on, I think he was more than capable. But to come in this quickly within a week and like he's our number one catcher, as far as oh, I'm yeah. concerned. And was that possibly were we more looking like one here, two here sort of games for him just to sort of learn and get involved and you know? But no, he's he's number one. If he's not playing, I'm going to be upset. So yeah. Disappointment. I, I think, I think my disappointment is Hunter Renfro. Uh, you, you did just mention it. Um, I think there's obviously it's still early. He scuffled along a little bit. I think by what he can deliver, there's more to come, and I think it will come. Um, but yeah, so I suppose that from from that side of it with with the bats, yeah, probably Hunter more than anything. Uh, and and if you can say the use of Aaron Loop in the incorrect spot on opening day that was a disappointment as well but yeah I think for surprise I'm going to go with Gio Urshela only yeah. because I said some less than complimentary things about him last week where I wasn't sure about him and he started the year really well and he did have a little dip in the middle and we're only six games in of course but yeah I think Urshela had a better start than I was expecting disappointment wise I mean it's just that opening day loss it's just loop it's just the way that that game went out and we couldn't give run support to Shohei that's my biggest disappointment so far obviously Jose Suarez is an, another one um, yeah I didn't want to seem like I'm picking on him every single week no so, um, he needs to know, have a word but we know he, he needs to have a word with his brother Luis Suarez doesn't he and absolutely some of that does, yeah some of that fighting spirit that comes with him absolutely but no um yeah and finally then of Stevie's questions and this is an interesting one thoughts on Rendon's altercation with the fan and he says, opinion time, I say it's because he doesn't care. So if he could get suspended, he's happy because then he won't have to play, which I think is absolute poppycock, to use a lovely uh, British expression. It's nonsense, isn't it? There's no way I think you can claim that that happened because he didn't care. If anything, it's the opposite. He was a so bit too amped up. He's frustrated at his own performance and he's taken it out on the fan. Yeah. Sorry, Steve, that's absolute shit. <laughs> so, but no, I completely agree. And I don't like doing that at the best of times. But you're right, it's frustration um, to say you're doing that just so you don't have to play for a week. we got to stop letting this clown send in some questions to the show. Can we, yeah, can we block him or something? I might have to. <laughs> He's out. He's out the door with you. He loves it. He's a good lad, Steve. But you, I've always uh, 
been against most of your Vendome takes, let's face it. <laughs> Next question from Tobes, Moose Like Jagger, who is one of the UK Angels contingent, lovely bloke, big Angels fan in the UK, and he wants to know, Dave, it's just one week, but how do we feel about the rest of the division? I think still the Astros will be the team to beat. I think it's a coin flip with us and the Mariners. Um, and I Texas? Think well, yes. I just... If you, yeah. saw De, if you saw DeGrom last night, I mean, DeGrom if DeGrom's can't pitch, healthy... Yeah, he can't pitch five healthy, days a week, though, can he? He can't pitch every day. He is looked so good last night. But you're right. He can't pitch five days a week, and he also can't pitch a full season because he will get injured. Exactly. But they have looked good to start the year. They absolutely smashed the Phillies. And whether that's a World Series hangover, they've had a few injuries, like Bryce isn't there. Um, Hoskins went down. So they're a bit thinner than they possibly could be. But still, Rangers, good start. I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough division. It's, it's going to be a tough division and a close division. I still think... I, I think I'm still putting us in second, just over the Mariners. But, um, yeah, and then poor old Oakland. Jesus. <laughs> We've seen what they were like on opening week, and that's going to be a long season for those guys. <laughs> Interesting question here from Truth Kissinger, and I really like this question. Who do you see playing more innings at shortstop this season, Urshela or Renhifo? I think Urshela. If Rendon's fit, I think you'll see Urshela there over Renhifo to start with. Yeah, because that's the thing at the moment. We haven't seen, because Rendon has been... But I mean, it started like that, didn't it? For yeah, but that's what I mean. But this is actually why it's a really tough question. Why I really like the question because Rendon's been out for every game, basically. Walsh has yeah. been out all season. We've had to yeah. mix up the infield, but Walsh is back, who's playing first base. Rendon's playing third. You've then got Drury. Where's he playing? Urshela and Renhifo. I think Renhifo has to be in the lineup personally, but you're saying you think Urshela's going to play more shortstop, and that means Drury's on the bench? But I think Drury's been brought in to play second base. But then when Walsh is back, does Drury still play his fair share at first? I mean, I think, I mean tell me, I mean, what's going to happen? What wonderful options we have, and what a dilemma. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think Urshela goes back at short to start with. But there, there will be some flip-flopping with Nkifo, I'm sure. But uh, I think Urshela takes uh, bulk of it. Um, okay, so let's say Walsh comes back. We don't know how great he'll be. Do you give him a chance again? Um, or are you going to be platooning and having Drury getting his time there at first base with Anhifo coming in uh, in Walsh's place? So lots of interesting possibilities coming up. But um, for, for to answer the question, I, I think you'll see uh, currently Oshella taking more right. time there with Fletcher as like a defensive replacement late in the close ones. Well, I'm going to go Renhifo just to be different. We'll tot it up at the end of the season and see who wins. But Urshela did get the opening day start, so that's yeah. one bit in your favour. Well, let's let's look at this question again in a couple of weeks and try and see if Rendon stays on the field and see what starts happening. Yeah, exactly. All right, next question from the great man, Kyle Wilson. Kyle underscore Ducks fan underscore W. First week looked passable, which I think is a very nice way of putting it. But can our bullpen hang for a full one six two? The answer is no, it cannot. They're not good enough as arms, as a collective unit, I don't think, to... Well, 
it, it depends how you phrase the question, doesn't it? It depends what you want out of a pen. Mm. Are they good enough to get us through a season if the offense is as electric and scores as many runs as we think they will? Probably, yeah. Are they good enough to get us through a year where we have plenty of games like last night where it came down to the pen and we got a one-run victory this time it worked out are they good enough to do that consistently i worry because there is no lockdown guy or guys in there well yeah i mean i think a lot of it will start as to how overly taxing will be putting on them to start the season off how many three innings four inning starts are we going to be getting from our starters are we going to get fives and sixes out of them and maybe get into sevens and try and save some arms um Obviously, consistency will be key as always. Um, over a full season, probably not. But you're hoping that you do enough good work at the start of the season when either you can start replenishing near the um, trade deadline when when that time comes in. If you're going to start making a push, you start bringing up some of these guys down from the miners as well. You know, you've got people like Ben Joyce, who I'm sure we're going to see at some point during the year. Um, Chris so Rodriguez, as, if he gets healthy. Yeah, friend of the show, Chris Rodriguez, remember. Um, so yeah, I, I, that I, this group on its own, no, of course not. I think it's too much season, Dave. Which leads to the next question from NBA Thanos Boy, which who says, "What are some bullpen arms we can trade for?" And the instant guy that comes to my mind, regardless of your feelings on his off the field antics, is someone like Aroldis Chapman, who is back throwing 103 for the Royals this year. I've been seeing some clips on social media. He's back throwing hard. So that's the sort of guy you can look to pick up at the deadline um, that can really bolster the back end of your pen. If you're look, looking at it from a pure performance point of view, obviously there's some red flags there with the domestic issues, which may mean that a lot of fans wouldn't want him on the team. But that's the sort of guy you can be looking to bring up. You need to be looking at these, I mean, I mean the non-playoff teams, the fodder um, of MLB, to look at the back end of their pens and some of the guys that could be available. Maybe somebody like Bedner um, in Pittsburgh, depending on how the Pirates do. They've started off fairly well, but that's a reliable back end piece that could be available um, if they don't want to continue paying him. So Yeah, I, I mean, there's plenty of different possibilities come near at a time and let's see, let's see who's there, see who's in it and then see who's available. Um, but yeah, but I would certainly say getting nearer the trade deadline. If we are still in it, I think you need a rotation arm and you probably need another bullpen arm. Yeah, so the other question that came through on a similar topic was from Yuri Yu. What moves could the Angels make before the trade deadline to acquire more pitching? For instance, Joe Adele for a starter, that age-old classic. I don't think Suarez should be a starter if we're trying to win the World Series this year. Now, I think it's an interesting question, but I think we're probably too early to really be answering it. I get the point about Suarez in the World Series, but ultimately, if you get to the playoffs and you get near them, he's going to be nowhere near your starting rotation. He's going to be in the pen and you might get an inning or two from him. But I guess the question is whether you need to bolster the rotation to get there in the first place and you can't keep giving up that fifth day slot. In terms of trading Adele, I mean, it's got to be on the table, although his stock is probably at an all-time low right now you're not yeah, going to get no. you're not going to get what you want back from him for him he, he's not going to be the centerpiece anymore of a trade like he would have been pre coming up but he, he's not going to be a centerpiece so you're going to be losing 
some probably some decent pieces from the farm if you're going to want to bring something back of that sort of you know sort of substantial nature to bring back into the rotation and the um, other the other question obviously then as well as payroll and whether we're already pushed onto record payroll whether Artie's willing to spend more money as we get to it who knows but who that's knows? the sort of thing you've got to consider one thing i would say is though there's probably internal options that may make a difference someone like zach netto you're not having to trade for him but mid-season you know july august time he could be a guy that can come up and make a difference we saw in the freeway series that he wasn't overmatched by major league pitching he's a guy that's come through so quickly he took his assignment in double a last year like a duck to water unbelievable start to his pro career you don't have to trade for him he's already in the system that's a guy that could come in and just inject that extra bit of spark and quality into a lineup if you need it at that stage of the season yeah, 100% agree. Um, we've, got, we've got some pieces down there who could certainly come up and make an, make an impact and not not just because uh, everyone's injured and we're out of it and we're just going to run everybody in. It could just be, you know, these guys are legitimate pieces and time to bring them in. So, hey, it, we are one week in, so <laughs> let's wait and see a little bit, see how these guys get on down there, um, see how we get on up here. So, um, but hey. Dave, I love it. I love it. This time of year is the best. I it love is. this time we of year it. because the questions we get, we're six, six, seven days into the season. We've six won two. We've won two series. We're four and two. And questions we're are always win. playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. How do we how do we win the World Series? And I love it. This is what baseball's all about, Dave. And the longer this continues, the better. So thank you for these questions. I've got one more. The final one we're going to go for is from Ed Johnson, EAJE. 2022 World Cup cutoff was 86 wins. Do you think the 2023 LA Angels lineup being healthy plus some tweaks can win more, 14 more games than 2022? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, of course we can. I mean, I think Actually, I, uh, no, wait a minute. My prediction. No, wait a minute. No, you didn't. I said 86 last week. Mm. Because then you said, oh, that's what I was going to say. Oh, I'll go I went 90, 90 baby. Yeah, exactly, because I went 86. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yes, I think if we're, we're healthy and, yeah, of course we can, because we are certainly good enough to get there. And we were on target for that at the start of last season, but it, it just fell apart, didn't it? So, yeah. but yes, we are definitely... Easy. Um, Easy. If Tony Rendon's in the lineup, that's 14 wins on his own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. X Factor. That's it. Look, even with a scaffolding Renfro at the moment, we're, we're going to be um, hitting a lot better this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I have faith. I, I think the 86 is where we're looking at. And I won't be surprised with a nice little 90. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> nice. That's all our questions. That's a nice little whistle stop. Well, actually, it hasn't really been a whistle stop now. We've been going quite a while. But a bit of a run through on season so far. You can tell the positivity is... Alive Fine. and kicking right now. We're looking good. The Halos are on their way to the top. And this means the next three games against the Blue Jays, the next three games against the Nationals, home opener, always a special time. Got to keep this momentum going. And that's why I wanted to chat to our friends over at Blue Jays Fans UK and Nats UK, just to see how they're feeling, because surely they're not riding the crest of the wave like we are right now. Hope you enjoy this. So after the start we've had, we've got two big series coming up now at home. 
We're going to be talking to Rob Langley of Nationals underscore UK later. But first, I'm delighted to be joined by Steve Hunter, founder of Blue Jays Fans UK and of the Red, White and Blue Jays podcast. Steve, how you doing? I'm good, mate. Thank you so much for having me on, Nick. Uh, great, great to be with both of you, uh, Dave, as well. Uh, obviously, known Nick a long time. I th- I'm trying to think when we first, it probably was around the MLB UK parties and all that sort of stuff. Oh. I think we first connected. Yeah, was were you at the the Colin Murray? It was the Colin Murray. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was that, wasn't it? It was the Colin Murray baseball and beers event, which it basically fantastic, kicked, wasn't it? Kind of just kickstarted this whole movement, though. Totally. I mean, it was, I mean, it's funny going back, thinking back to those halcyon days, um, and and I think in terms of the UK scene, there, I mean, we'd obviously had all the Channel Five stuff, which that you know had been spoken about a lot of, um, but there hadn't been a lot of you know, thought about, you know, what was happening. And then we started to hear about these whispers of this MLB series coming to London, and which is where obviously Colin uh, got involved and did a whole load of Facebook lives and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, I think probably like you, um, they picked me out because I'd been running the fan account and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, we we had a great gathering that that Saturday afternoon, um, meeting a lot of the, uh, the MLB UK community. So it was a, a good event to help bring the United Kingdom baseball fans together. Yeah, it was really good fun. And actually, you were one of the trailblazers, I think, because I think you started your account in 2016 sometime. Mm. Actually, that Colin Murray event was the reason, was the catalyst for me creating LA Angels UK in the first place. I can't honestly remember how I saw about the event. I think it must be, it was only the day before, maybe on Facebook, maybe on some form of social media. You know, I saw that they were doing this and they hadn't got an Angels fan. So I just, I emailed them in and said, look, big Angels fan in the UK, happy to come along to this and went along. And that literally kickstarted the whole time because then I met people like you and I think Dave, George, yep. whoever it was at the time had already started their accounts and already got these things kicked off. And then, you know what? I started it and then this community's just grown and grown. It's fantastic. I mean, this is a man, you've been a Blue Jays fan since 1994, haven't you, Steve? So yep. you, you've seen the ups and downs of Blue Jays baseball as well. So let's get on to this season and what's been coming up. What have you seen so far from the Jays that gives you a bit of encouragement? And maybe the other way, what have you seen that's a bit discouraging? Okay, well, there's there's definitely something in both of those camps. Um, so I think I think coming into 2023, the 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 mindset from last season, well, in fact, you really go back to the pandemic year um, where we had that very shortened season, but that was really the foundation of what we're now sort of falling into in 2023. And you can see how the Jays front office has been adding to the the team as they've gone through. And I think in, in 2021, we missed out on the postseason by one game, which was a very painful event we had to do everything we could to get through last game of the season it was almost like a you know the classic end of season premier league who stays up who goes down type mindset there's so many teams yeah. that are in the running that particular year not us uh, not yeah well you know <laughs> we won't go there um but for the jays it was we had to win that last game and then we had to be dependent upon what else was happening around the league and uh, the all critical game for us was whether the red sox were going to win and um, yeah, so we we won our game, and then of course, all the guys, you know, the players, you know, guys, fans in the stadium, all watched that they put it up on the big screen because the other game was running just a little bit behind. 
and just you know from the elation of doing what we had to do to the disappointment of oh we haven't actually got through and i think that was a really painful experience for for all jays fans and particularly for the players and i think they went away had a bit of a sober assessment uh then last year obviously the the goal was to go one stage further uh, which they did and they got into the wild card uh, and then again we had the disappointment of you know first game against the mariners we were totally outplayed uh, they were deservedly um, the winners. And then in the second game, we were so in control and just the wheels started falling off spectacularly. Mm. And there was so many different events in that particular game that we haven't got time for tonight. But again, it was a disappointment l- l- loss and the pain that you can see on the players' faces. So I think going into 2023, I mean, they've made they've made some, you know, strategic changes. Um one of the things they've done is drop the home run jacket, which if uh, if anybody's seen the Jays celebrating in their home runs over the last season, they've had this um, this jacket, which has got all the names of the different countries represented in the ball club. And there's actually an England on the back of it, which was nice to see because there's a couple of guys connected to the UK, uh, not in terms of players, but backroom staff. Um, and this year they've sort of like made the the, the mindset guys this this was going to be serious this year so i think the frivolity that we saw which was great fun and there's a lot of laughter with the home run jacket has has now disappeared so going into to this year uh in terms of the starting rotation uh we retained services of alec manoa and 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 kevin gosman who have pitched both pretty well Uh, gosman particularly started really well manoa had an okay opening game uh then he played last night pitched last night pitch really well so good to see him just showing his dominance come through uh we've had chris bassett who's come into the rotation from the mets uh he had a an extraordinarily bad start i mean literally first pitch home run uh, yeah he, yeah it was just it was so painful to see and and he said afterwards you know it's just it's one of those things um and i think we've we've talked about it on our pod in terms of the whole pitch clock and the whether the batters can hear you know, from the the pitch com in the catcher's helmet, the pitches that are going because I don't know what's happening in terms of the angels, but in some of our cases, the pitcher is now making the decision, as opposed to the catcher making the decision to deal with that pitch clock um, mechanism. But it just seemed it just seemed bizarre that so many players or so many batters uh, were were taking Chris Bassett deep. Um, so he had he had a really poor start. Um, Boreas, who was brilliant in 2021, uh, came into the ball club, had a wobbly year last year with us, wasn't as dominant as we first That's thought. That's a polite him. thing to say, Steve. Yeah, wasn't wasn't great. I mean, again, he had opening day start last season and was, was pulled apart. Yeah. So Boreas, uh, I think is a slight question mark and his, his first game in the rotation this year, again, was not, not strong. Uh, and they got a lot of work still to do with him, I think, to bring him around. And then you say Kikuchi, who was uh, at number five again, high hopes last season, but was just appalling. Um, just did not perform at all. He's had a really strong spring. I mean, he's been the best pitcher for the Jays in in spring training, which has been fantastic to see. And there was bated breath. Uh, two nights ago when he came in for his first start and uh, he, he stopped the rot. You know, he got a win for us and played really well, got through about five innings. I think it was off the top of my head. Um, so I think starting rotation 
generally looks pretty good. And if they can sort out Chris Bassett and what was going on there, uh, I think our weak weak links will obviously Boreas and, and Kikuchi and just see how they, they pan out. That's, I think- a, that's a nice lead in there in terms of rotation. We'll get onto some hitting in a bit. Yeah. But the matchups for, for the week we've got ahead, because listening to you there is just further confirmed my feelings that I'm delighted that we've missed Manoa, we've missed Gosman, and we've sure. got three matchups, which honestly, and I, I don't like being this confident, but I look at on paper, I look at Sandoval against Bassett um, tomorrow night, and yeah. only because of the way Bassett started. I mean, Bassett, I'm going to caveat this with, is an angel killer. He used yeah. to kill us all the time when he was at Oakland. So he could easily get back to that. He loves pitching in Angel Stadium. But on paper, Sandoval is really, really good number two. Um, coming up. Then we got we got Anderson up against um, Berrios, as you said, who is just not been good for quite a while. And who knows what's going on there? And then we got Kikuchi up against Reed Detmers, who... We love Reed Detmers on this show. He's going to be an unbelievably good pitcher going forward. And Kikuchi has been smacked around by the Angels um, when he was at the Mariners. So on paper, I look at all three of those pitching matchups and I like to think we have an advantage or at least an even chance. And then it's down to hitting. So I, I, I don't know how you see it, how much you know about the Angels rotation, but all three of those guys last year had really good years. Sandville and Anderson had career years. Detmers obviously was his first full season through a no hitter, has still had an ERA in under four. So all in all, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to his pitching matchups, but I'm quite yeah. confident. Well, I think whenever you get a visiting visiting team with the the bottom end of the rotation, uh, and you've got your guys who are on form, then you're always going to feel that sense of confidence going into it. And I I totally get that. I I think based on what I've seen thus far, uh, Kikuchi actually could be the strongest out of the three of them, ironically. And who'd be saying that a few weeks ago? Um, but if they, I think, I mean, Chris Bassett should perform. I I just wanted one of those sort of quirky moments. I mean, it was a bit like the 7-0 drubbing of Liverpool over Man United that, you know, as a Liverpool fan, we all loved it. But you do have to take a step back and think it's just one of those weird games that probably wasn't a 7-0 on paper, but... It just happens. So I think with Chris Bassett in his first game, if we can, if you know Pete Walker can weave his magic with him and settle him down a bit more, um, and it may be just again this whole adaption to the, the the pitch clock and trying to get a feel for how to do that. The, obviously, the relationship with the catcher as well, you know, that's new. Um, so you'd hope out of those three, I you know Kikuchi and, and Bassett should perform well. Berrios, I think I'm still jury a little bit out in terms of whether that's going to be. So if we came, I think if we came away with two, I'd I'd be really happy with that. I think, you know, we need to keep the momentum running. Uh, and obviously, you know, it's not obviously just down to the pitching, but the guys exactly. uh, in the batter's box as well have got to perform. And uh, and I think to take the pressure off those starting pitches, those guys have got to be on, on song. Yeah, and one guy in particular, obviously, Vladdy Jr. I don't know if you've seen, but Vladdy Sr. is throwing out the first pitch uh, tomorrow oh, night. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, oh, that's he's, nice. he's throwing out the first pitch tomorrow night. And Great. I guess you've now got two more years to enjoy Jr. before he moves over to Anaheim, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in your dreams. <laughs> I think for Vladdy, again, maybe on his standards, and because we have these incredibly high standards for him, and you forget how young he is, but he performed so well two years ago. Mm. And and everybody 
well, we we knew before that because you know when he was um, down in Buffalo, he was he was doing the stuff. So it's not uh, you know wasn't a complete surprise. But when he came into to Major League, I think everybody were was taken a little bit aback in terms of how well he was performing so quickly. And so after that very very good year, last year felt a slight disappointment in comparison because he wasn't quite at the level he was the previous year. Uh, but he's talked very openly, you know, in terms of his fitness and his weight and all that sort of stuff. And he's been working really well on that. I mean, he's he's turning into a fantastic first baseman. I mean, some really good plays. Uh, and again, it's a, a position he hadn't played before. And he's learned that since he's come to the Jays and just really, really positive stuff. But I think with the bat, there is such a high expectation. I, You know, you'd be the same with your guys and Itani and Trey and stuff. You know, the weight is on their shoulders. Yeah. And when there's any sort of sign of poor performance and poor, you know, we're talking, you know, he's not hitting five homers every game, um, then that pressure kicks in. And that's why he needs the backup of some of the other guys uh, in our starting lineup. And particularly Bobby Bajet. Particularly yeah. George Springer, you know th- those two with Vladdy, you know top three bats, they all need to perform. And and to be fair, George had an amazing opening day. Uh, I mean, he got the record for most hits um, and most runs in an opening game of any Blue Jay ever. So I mean, he just had an extraordinary opening day. Bo has started well with the bat. Uh, some of his defensive plays are still slightly questionable, mm. um, but but in terms of his hitting, he he's doing great. And the other guy that has really performed, uh, Matt West Chapman. Coaster, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I had him. I was going to bring up Matt Chapman. Obviously, we've yeah. seen him for many years in Oakland, and sure, kind of lost his way a bit, didn't he? But I know last yep. year he hit quite a few home runs, and it batting average was low, but he looked like he was getting back to it, and started this year on fire so in a contract year as well right so totally yeah i i think i think for chapman again the expectation he came into the ball club not for his bat although that's a useful addition you know was his defensive play at at third and uh, he's played by and large brilliantly there uh although we've had an error already this season so um but yeah he's just such a strong arm in that on that corner um, but the bat was a slight disappointment last year, but he's come out the the blocks really strong in 2023. And I think I just uh, was looking just before you uh, came online with me. Um, yeah, he's uh, got 13 hits already, um, you know, scored four runs. So, you know, for him, t- top, top RBI boy uh, just behind Varsho, who's who's new to us mm-hmm. and is playing well as, as well. So I think... I mean, the, the the offense for the Jays looks very exciting. And I think, you know, realistically, obviously, the Yankees are probably still the team to beat in the AL East for us. Um, but I, I I do wonder now with the, the change of the rules in terms of playing all 30 teams, actually that will favor some of the East Coast lineups because, you know, it's just, it's such a strong division. Yeah. And, and interestingly, the Jays, few seasons back when they were doing a shifties around, they had the opportunity to go into the central division, but chose to stay in the AL East, which I think, you know, you want to play the best of the best with all due respect um, to you guys. And I think it's just a really hard, well, it is a really hard division to consistently be at the top of. So the fact that we're now going to be playing lots of other teams, I think that sort of falls into the Jays favor uh, and hopefully we'll push the, you know, the Yankees for, for AL East title. That's what I'm looking for. Mm. 
Do you think this is going to be the series where George Springer sort of starts getting it together? He's a bit had a bit of a slow start by a by normal comparisons. So hopefully he'll stay quiet for another few days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, beyond beyond the opening day, which he was fantastic in, um, I, I think I think with George, you, you know, you he is what he is, um, and he does go through sort of picks and troughs a little bit in terms of fine form, and then it goes a little bit quieter. I think the the key thing for George is staying healthy. Uh, and that's been the probably the nemesis in his uh, makeup with the Jays so far is that he's had some really niggling injuries, and then of course we had the big calamitous, um, uh, you know, uh, situation in the last game of last season where he had that collision with Bo Pichette, uh where they were both going for a ball. Um, so I think if George can stay healthy, then he is definitely our front man, and uh, yeah, we you know we'd wanted to see him start a bit stronger, and, and maybe against the Angels. It could be could be the time for him, but I could understand from your perspective, Dave, that you may not want that. Uh, not quite now, no. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I think it's definitely going to be about who, whose bat's going to wake up on this one. Um, I think yep. you're right, Chris Bassett. There is no way that guy throws like he did in that first game with us. No, um, Nick's already alluded to it. He is an angel killer. Um, on my predictions, I've got us losing. Hey, the Bassett. Hold it, Dave. Hold it, Dave. We're going to get to right. predictions in a minute. Look at him. Come on. He's He's so eager. eager. Unbelievable. I was going to say, I mean, I I agree with you. The AL East is looking strong this year, but so is the AL West, in fairness. I think there's four teams now in the West that can can challenge for those playoff spots. And I think the wild card is going to be very congested towards the back end of the year here. So these games, even though they're in April, I think they're really important. um, Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, we all we all watch the you know the final months, don't we? And if you lose a game here or there, it's, oh, we didn't get to the postseason because of that game. But actually, mm-hmm. totally, it counts right at this point. And I, I think everybody you know knows that. Um, yeah. And so you know that you do hear the old, oh, well, it's beginning of the season. We've got plenty of time. I think the only thing you can say is that there is still time to adjust stuff if you start losing now. Whereas obviously, if it's happening in September, that's that's curtains, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Right, Dave, I'll let you have it then. Let's jump on to then. predictions because I don't want to keep you too much longer, Steve. Dave, you on. go first. Predict the series for me. Well, I'm going to go with a, a 2-1 win for the Angels this time round. Um, as I just started to say, Chris Bassett is definitely going to find it for us. We'll find it for them, even. And he's going to... And Paddy's still going to throw a gem as well, but he's just going to have the standard no-run support. Massive amount of pressure on our back end when it comes in, and I, I think it's just—it's just no way, Chris Bass. I mean, I'd love it to happen again, but I, I just can't see it happen. We've seen it too many times, and then um, I, I think um, Tyler Anderson and Reed Detmers bring it back for us. So, yeah, I'm going for the two-one on, on this one, Steve. Yeah, I, I'm same same score line, but in the opposite direction, uh, with with obvious reasons. I, I think I think for me, yeah, Chris Bassett should bounce back from from his first start. I'm going to stick with you, say Kikuchi, because he's just on form and uh, has had, as I say, has had the best. I mean, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to go for it. Cy Young winner. Um, I think I think he he could continue doing what he's doing. So I'm going to go for those. I think Boris for me still there's still too many question marks, and I think. He's our he's our weak link in the in the team. So let's go for two one Jays. Okay. Well, I am going to go. I'm going to sweep. Oh, cushion sweep, sweep for the Angels. We're going to win a really tight one. The Bassett Sandy matchup is going to be a, a low scorer, a two one, a three two, something like that. We're going to 
absolutely wiped the floor with Berrios on day two. And Kikuchi, you can talk him up all you want. The man got put in the pen last year. Yeah. He's been smashed around at Angel Stadium before. We like to play him. I'm going sweep here. I'm going for it. We're on a high, Steve. <laughs> Two series wins in a row. On the this a, end of a good friendship here, right here. <laughs> it ends right now. <laughs> I say that every week, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing the Dave rule. We've kind of tried something new this year where I'm trying to be more Dave and Dave's trying to be more me. So okay. realistic. Yeah. We're seeing how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, how have the predictions gone thus far, though? Uh, I mean, guys... I wipe the floor with Dave in predictions every year. So this is why we're seeing. We, hey, we, we were so excited last week with our year prediction. We didn't even predict the week. So we, yeah, we, we forgot. Even got a fair shout on this one. Yeah, we forgot. Yeah. So... Yeah. Come. I just, I, just before I go, I was just interested what your guys' take is on the, the rule changes and all that sort of stuff. Have you seen that impact the Angels? Are they Are they sort of taking it in their stride or is there being some. Well, we don't steal bases anyway, do we? Yeah, so I love them. I mean, pitch clock for me is the best thing that's yeah. happened to baseball yeah, in a long time. The speed of the game is just so much better. I know you've got your traditionalists who say, you know, baseball's not supposed to have a time limit. It's great how long it takes. It's not. Like, you're getting the same amount of action without the huge meandering gaps in the middle, and it's it's great, particularly for us. And I know this is selfish, but I'm, I'm clawing back an hour of sleep every yeah, night totally. as a result. So... Yeah. Like, selfishly, it's fantastic. As Dave said, we are not a team that steals bases at all. So... Makes no difference there. Makes no difference to what? Well, it does It does when we're defending. Not but taking them. No, but I mean, this last night was actually a three-hour game. That, that was the longest game of the season. And it felt like an age as well. And it was only three hours. Well, well our opening game was three hours, 38 minutes. I mean, it's just crazy. It was so long. And, that I, you know, I was, I, yeah, I was hoping for a nice short while getting to bed early. But no, three yeah. hours, 38 minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. Good All stuff. right then, Steve, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time and look forward to this series ahead. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. So hopefully yeah. we'll chat to you again later in the year. Love to, Nick. Nice to see you both. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, good to meet you, Dave. And we'll see you soon. Next up, we got Rob Langley from Nationals underscore UK. He founded, well, actually, he didn't found. He was given the Nationals in the UK team account, but he's run it so astutely ever since. Delighted to have him on. He's a big Nationals fan. Loves his trips to America. Loves his baseball. So, Rob, how are you doing this evening? What an intro that is. That's you, though, isn't it? That's all, oh, that's man, all I can say. Yeah, he's spot on. <laughs> how are you doing? How's everything been? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. Just uh, trying to keep tabs on the... Nats game this evening, a nine o'clock start. We've got the Rockies. We're through five and it's scoreless, which is... Uh, That's a uh, result for you, Lock. Unexpected, to be honest. Yeah, unexpected. No, no, take that back. The Rockies are winning. <laughs> Live <laughs> on the show, ladies and gentlemen, the Nationals. This is going to sum up what we've got to come in the show. But before we get into that, Rob, for our loyal listeners, this is actually a quite a big moment because you happen to be... The only man that has come on this show that has ever seen Dave Evans play baseball. <laughs> and I just want you to talk me through that experience. How was it for you? And do you think this guy has a future in the big leagues? That was a real treat. It was a real treat. It, it was sunny at least. It wasn't last season, was it, Dave? I don't think. I think it was the season before. It was and broken finger season. Oh, was it? Literally what, just come back. That might explain your batting, to be honest. Now that's how he bats normally. <laughs> I've you know seen what, him in the cages. I was, I was actually 
pleasantly surprised with the standard. It was it was good. It was it, like I was expecting to be able to go over there, think, oh yeah, I could probably give that a go. But <laughs> no, it was it was good. Like there was no way I'd, you'd be able to rock up and there's a lot of practice that goes in there. They've got some serious talent. Yeah, no, I still I'm under the belief I could rock up there and, and play. <laughs> so I'm a, I refuse to go down there if that's how it goes, Rob, because I don't believe that it's very difficult to pick up a bat and <laughs> go and have a hit there. <laughs> when when I'm crushing more homers than Dave in the cages at home run house, just says it all, doesn't it? Silence. I love it. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on, Nick. We're ignoring these ridiculous Spurs-like statements that you're making. So, yeah. We'll see. The time will come. The time will come. Rob, anyway, we've got you on to talk about the National Series. We've got three games coming up in Anaheim on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Just give me a little quick run through, and I know where this is going to go, but how's the National season started? And do you see any promise? Do you think that without giving away too many spoilers, do you think this is a season that's going to get better as it goes along, as, you know, some of those prospects, some of those younger pieces get more experience and come up into the big leagues? Or is this just a season that's written off? Uh, well, yeah, the season's written off um, by by pretty much everyone, I think. It's just a case of whether the, the youngsters that we have got can, I suppose, improve a little bit from last season or some of the pieces that we did get in the, in the trades towards the back end of last year, if they can turn it on and, and be be decent. Obviously, we had a good start from Gore at the weekend, which was good. Um, obviously, one, one game isn't isn't going to make the season, is it? Um, yeah, it, it's gonna. It's really tough. It's really tough. That I was looking earlier. I've only watched this a few times so far, and Braves raise straight up is is a nightmare for any team, let alone a team that's got hardly any decent players. Um, Obviously, Colorado gives them maybe give us a little bit of a better steer today, but then at their place, anything can happen, can't it? It's a mad old ballpark, so you never know really what you're going to get. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's tough. It's really, really tough. I've got no expectations whatsoever. Will the players settle in? Will it be easier as the season goes on? Who knows? Who knows? It could end up being an absolute dumpster fire. Um, but then again, it, it might not. You might have a couple of players that come out of it and, and look okay. That certainly hasn't happened yet, but we'll see. When we look ahead then to this series with the Angels coming up, who are the players that we should be looking out for? Because they're, they're, I know there is a, li a little bit of talent in that squad. It might be thin, but who are the players you think could be a difference maker? Any pitchers that have impressed you so far or anyone we should be looking out for? No, I'm just trying to see what the uh, what the scheduled lineups will be. Um, obviously, we've got three, four games against Colorado and then three against you. So we're probably back to the, the top end of our rotation again, I guess, by... Is it, did you say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. yeah. Back end, it'll be the top end of our rotation again. So potentially Josiah Gray. Um, then it will be, or you might end up lucky enough to have Corbin, um, then Josiah Gray, and then Mackenzie Gore, I guess, um, and Trevor Williams. If I think he'll be pitching Friday. Yes, you probably won't see him. Um, listen, the, the pitching isn't isn't great. Josiah Gray needs to really improve. He gets absolutely smashed around the ground. I think he gave up the most home runs last season for accountable winnings, um, and it started the same way this year. Um, obviously, I, I don't know how that first run went in today, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was a home run as well. Um, Hitting-wise, yeah, there's not a great deal there. The, the, the only thing that I do actually like with us is, is the fielding. CJ Abrahams looks like a decent fielder at shortstop. 
he's got no power whatsoever, but that may well come. And they bought the, the lad they signed from Detroit. Again, no power whatsoever. Um, Candelario, but he's a decent third baseman. He, he's pulled us some really good plays so far um, this season. But for players to watch, mate, yeah, you're clutching at straws, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, though, right? We can we can talk about this. We can talk about, you know, how bereft of talent the Nats roster looks right now. But it's baseball, and you put them on the field, and you there's no guarantees. Like, you'll have nights where they'll just put it together, and you'll end up winning games or two and put a couple of win streaks together. It's just how baseball seems to go, so... Whilst what you say now gives obviously a lot of confidence to Dave and I when we're listening to you, in reality, you don't know how it's going to pan out. And I think for us, your best chance is probably going to be game one, where, as far as I'm aware, Jose Suarez is going to be on the mound. And he had an absolute stinker in his opener um, the other night. Got smacked around, a lot of hard contact, did not look good at all. So that's probably your best bet. Games two and three, I'd like to think, probably not going to go your way considering Shohei will be on the mound for one of them um, and probably Patrick Sandoval I think if I've got my rotations right um, so that game one that's your target if you think it's going to be Josiah Gray possibly or hopefully it's Corbin that'd be nice yeah but looking here it's going to be Corbin on Monday it'll be Josiah Gray Tuesday and then uh, Mackenzie Gore on, on the Wednesday by the looks of it if, if there's an over-under on runs scored for Monday's game, I'm taking the over. That's all I'm saying now. Well, yeah, but you've got to be careful with that because well, we've only hit two home runs all season so far. So we ain't scoring any of those runs. So you've got to hope that you're on it because, uh, yeah, we that is, if that is the biggest flaw. It's the biggest flaw last year. It's definitely going to be the biggest flaw this year. We just can't hit for power. There's just no one there. Um, I think they tried to make a move, tried to get, Obviously, Dom Smith in to, to hit some home runs. He's not looked anything like what he was two years ago. He was obviously flat last year, hence he's, he's with us now. Um, Paybert Ruiz, yeah, he's he's hit one so far. But again, there's and he's he's batting okay. Him and there's a lad bats top of the order, Lance, uh, not Lance, Lane Thomas, yeah. um, who's been he's been hitting well. But when you've only got two two players, one batting uh, opening the order and then the other one batting at four or five. You've got no chance. You've got absolutely no chance whatsoever. But like I say, if you play solid baseball, you beat us. It's as simple as that. It's like we play Braves three times over the weekend. They played solid for two of those games. Sunday, I don't know what was up with them. They had a new uh, rookie on the mound. And when we got at them early doors, scored four runs in the first. And I don't think we, I think it ended 4-1. Um, and then the Rays, you know what the Rays are like. They play solid baseball day in, day out, and they steamrolled us. E- easy peasy it was for them. So if you play solid baseball, it's a 3-0 sweep. I mean, I'll absolutely take that. Two questions for you. Is Strasbourg dead? Yes. Thought so. And B, what have you made of the Anthony Rendon situation? Obviously, a Nats legend for what he did there and come over to the Angels and has been an absolute horror show what have you made of that well I wanted him to stay but I think if he had stayed we'd been in even a worse situation what we are now contracts and all sorts because he just can't stay healthy either can he he just can't don't seem to be able to catch a break um I thought obviously (laughs) this year it's like last chance saloon for him with you guys isn't it and then he goes and does that with a fan which is probably born of frustration from through his his uh lack of 
well, it's not ability, is it? Because he's clearly got it, but there's something something completely not right since he's joined you guys. And I, I, yeah, I, I feel really bad for him. But it happens in baseball, doesn't it? People just seem to drop off cliffs. I've never known a sport like it where you you'll see a guy one year, they'll be lights out, and the next year you just won't even see him. And that seems to exactly what happened to him. Yeah, it's so true. I think you're right in terms of frustrations. Whatever we say about Rendon, and everybody has different opinions on him and his attitude towards the game and how he's been since he's been an angel, there must be a huge element of frustration that he can't just stay on the field and keeps getting banged up and has these injuries here and there. And even when he's not been injured, he has not been performing very well. He's just been an average third baseman. So it's a real shame. I mean, we, we knew we overpaid. Basically, it was a classic RT Moreno move where he didn't get the guy he wanted in Garrett Cole. Um, and he had this big bag of money that he threw at Garrett Cole, who turned it down to go to the Yankees quite understandably. And he goes, you know what, Scott? Who's who's the next guy you've got on, on the rank? And it happens to be Anthony Rendon. And we signed this mega deal, which has been a massive weight around our shoulders once again. But this is part of the course of the Angels. I mean, these big money contracts just don't work out for us. And to be honest... I'm not certain they work out hugely well in baseball generally. When you're signing guys for huge money for past production, it tends to fail. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think teams are getting a bit smarter to that, aren't they? You look, at the, they Bra- yeah. you look at the way the Braves run things, you know, and they give these big money deals to their rookies and, you know, their players, the one or two year players that come through and they buy out years of their arbitration because it means they get them relatively cheap in their prime years, and it it works them. They won a World Series, you know. They're a franchise that, unfortunately, a lot of teams should be modelling themselves on the way they do things. No, you're spot on. And just going back to the Rendon thing, if obviously if he's only playing as a a middle tier third baseman on that massive deal, his attitude towards the game isn't going to endear him to your fans. He's such a laid back dude. I think he's even said in reviews before that he's not really that keen on the game. So, you know, you get having that attitude and that performance, it's not going to endear him. And it's only going to be a downward spiral from there for me. If he's if he's playing well, then obviously that you kind of like we love that attitude. We we was all all for that. Oh look, he loves he hates the game and he's still this good, blah, 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 when he's winning games, but then and performing. But then, if it flips, then yeah, you're in big trouble with him, I think, which is a shame. But yeah, it might be time for you guys to try and move out of that, get shift him somehow. No one's going to really want to pick up that deal, I guess, but there might be some way you can try and shift him. The only way we shift him is if we package him with someone like Reed Detmers to someone, and we just don't want to do that. Um, no. The only way you're getting rid of them is if you give up a premium prospect. Mm-hmm. Well, it's similar with us and the Corbyn contract, isn't it? I think, thankfully, we've only got another two years of that now, but that's absolutely strangled. Still got two more years. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's a horrific deal, an absolute horrific deal. But then, when when he signed it, everyone was on board. You know, he's, he's again one of those players that was lights out. He not won us the World Series, but he was an integral part of us winning that World Series. And then the next season, he's fallen off a cliff and there is just no way back for him now whatsoever. And it's it's bizarre. And and it's, well, his and the Strasbourg deals are the reason why we're in the mess that we are, mainly. Mm. Obviously, um, Mike Rizzo has a lot to to pay for that, for the years of under stacking the farm. But 
the reason that we can't sign players now is because of those two stupid deals that we've got. But I say stupid now. Had we not signed those, I'd have been calling him stupid not for for not trying to go after him. You know, so it's it's a difficult game. It's it's catch twenty two, isn't it? Always, I do feel for the GMs a lot of the time in these games because you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Absolutely. I've got two quick questions for you. I don't want to hold you too much longer. But cool. Quick question. One, you did. You were in the position where we never wanted to be in and we could have been last year and you traded your superstar. And what did you think about that? And two, what's going on in terms of selling the team and prospective new owners? And do you think that's going to make a real difference to the way the Nationals operate if the team gets sold? So um, first question, we were at a stage where we were so bad, the only thing that made sense was to sell um, Soto, Josh Bell, um, and it's the same the year before. We were so bad. Trey Turner had to go. Scherzer had to go. There was no real way that anybody could see that we could keep them. His um, name, just, though, honestly. Sorry? I oh, know. They're yeah, absolute studs. Yeah, absolute studs. But there was there was no way. And, and to be honest, I don't think there was any kickback whatsoever from any fans with regards to the trades that they made, um, just because it had to be done. It's clear Soto wasn't going to re-sign... Um, Josh Bell certainly wasn't really signing the same with the year before. Shows on Turner weren't going to sign. So it's, yeah, um, going on to the next question. Um, I think the latest on that is that it's been paused now. The sale, the sale's been paused for while the season is in play. Um, it's dragged on and on and on. There's this Masson deal, the TV network deal, is an absolute hook around the neck of uh, of the of the club by all accounts. Um, with the Orioles and and that and it's mm. yeah it's a complete mess. So I think they're really really struggling to find. Well, I, think, I don't think they find struggles to find prospective owners. I think they're struggling to work out a deal whereby they're not going to be hamstrung by this massing deal. Um, so yeah, the latest I did hear on that was just as the season started was that it's been paused. So yes, are they going to be um, challenging anytime soon? Clearly not over the next couple of years the farm has been massively rebuilt it's the best that I've known it's in in my supporting time um, albeit that's only five years um, it's certainly the best farm that we've had but farms don't win anything do they we've we've seen this time and time again you can have the best farm in baseball yet it doesn't mean anything really until you they don't start don't win anything to... with kids but... Rob you don't win exactly. anything exactly exactly um, so yeah it it's a mess. The club is an absolute mess. But hey, we still watch, don't we? Well, you know well, the feeling you... Spurs. <laughs> well, you've spoken so um, positively about your team, though, <laughs> so um, what I want is your prediction for this series coming up. I think I know the answer, but give us your prediction. And we are going to go with, with uh, Suarez, Otani, and Sandy on the bump for the Alos. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go two one. I think. I don't think you're at the stage where you play effective baseball over three games. So I'm going to go 2-1 to you. I'm going to agree. That's exactly what I think as well. It seems like it's one of those trap game type series where in theory you should be winning all three, but baseball just doesn't work like that. And you know what? I can honestly see the Nats taking two as well. And that's just the realist in me knowing what the Angels are like. And knowing what yeah, I just don't on. think you're there. Yet. I just don't think you're at that. No, we're not. Level. We're, at, we're, we're absolutely not there. Of you playing rolling teams and are playing effective baseball day in day out is what 
you you do need it to a certain extent, but not in May. You don't need it on April. You certainly don't need that in April. You need that right. come August, September, and the, yeah, you're not there yet. I watched you last night out of interest. Um, Huge stuff. Shohei, I was watching him and I thought he was really struggling. Then I look up and he's like through five and giving up one run. I'm like, through, through three. Through three, command was completely off. Yeah. He couldn't throw, couldn't throw his fastball for a strike. He hit two pitches, walked another few. And yeah, it's the worst I've ever seen his command for that length of time in a game. Usually he's a bit shaky in the first and then settles in. But then he basically gave up on his fastball and just threw exclusively his breaking stuff. And he's just, I mean, he's he's something, he's something else. Like there's nobody like him. So unique. There's a reason he's called the unicorn because you're right. Out of nowhere, it was like three innings and threw about 70-odd pitches. And then he gets through six, quality start, one run ball, 110 pitches, happy days, you get your win. Right. Show air tiny, ladies yeah, and big, big call for you as well, isn't it? What, what, do you, what do you do with that? You've got, you've got to obviously try and re-sign him because there'll be outrage if you don't try. But, wow, that's going to be some deal. I think he's off. But yeah. we're, just, we're just enjoying him as the year goes. Oh, and of course, yeah, there's no other way to do it, is there, as fans? It's no point getting too hung, hamstrung by the, uh, by the deals that are going to be made, but he is going to be walking off with some serious cash. Exactly. Dave? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm still going to stick with uh, we're sweeping on this one. I was um, flip-flopping. I'm going to sweep on this one. I think, um, you know, Jose Suarez, he wasn't great, but I hope he's going to come back against a team which shouldn't, you know, hit him too hard. So let's get that confidence built back into him. We might probably see a Tucker Davidson come in as well again or Harmo Maria. So, yeah, I, I, we're sweeping. Lovely. Rob, been a pleasure having you on. Where can everyone find you if they want to get your content? You should all follow Rob, honestly. Absolute legend of a bloke. Um, no, no, you're testing me, aren't you? Um, at Nats underscore UK, I think. That is yeah, correct. I don't post a lot, but... I'm there. I'm there. It's quality over quantity, except it actually is no quality either. It's just <laughs> neither. <laughs> On that note, cheers, Rob. All the best. Take it easy. See you later. Cheers, Rob. Cheers, Rob. And that was our friends at Blue Jays UK and Nationals UK. Really great to have their insight ahead of those two series. I think you'll agree, Dave. Yeah, no, I'm pumped. I'm ready for them now. Let's go. I might even wake up for one of them on this nice, glorious bank holiday weekend we have. I'm going to be up at three. Yeah, no, I'm not. But the thought's <laughs> there. The thought is there. The well, that's all that really off. counts on this show. And all-, <laughs> all right. I think this has been a very long show. So I'm going to leave it there, Dave. We've got two massive series coming up. Home opener tomorrow. I'm excited. You're excited, judging by that bump in your trousers. So <laughs> let's get it, eh? Let's, let's go. go get it. Let's go. Go Halos. <laughs>